electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber. Futures tumble on that ugly CPI number up 1-3, hotter than expected, 9-1 year-on-year. Backward looking, but yields spike as the market says the Fed has more work to do. Got the dollar at a 20-year high. Our roadmap this morning begins with those intensifying price pressures. Inflation rising at the largest 12-month increase in more than 40 years. And as we said, futures tumbling on the news. Plus, see you in court. Twitter sues Elon Musk to force him to complete his acquisition of the company, accusing him of failing Twitter stakeholders because the deal, quote, no longer serves his personal interest. And Delta, well, it falls short of quarterly earnings expectations, taking a hit from high fuel costs and ongoing service problems. Let's get right to that hotter than expected consumer inflation number data for June, Jim. Uh, Almost every component, only airline fares were down month on month. But your general point is that a lot of what's happened in energy is not counted in this print. Yeah, but look, I think that uh, I was listening to Stephanie before, Stephanie Link, and my longtime friend. I listened to Austin Goolsby and... Uh, I, I, who is very, very negative and talking about the the Volcker playbook. And yet I see what's really happened in the components. I mean, if you're in the farm, take a look at, at John Deere, the price for the stock of Deere. That has reflected a, a dramatic decline. Why? Because the foodstuffs have had a huge decline. That's going to go right through the system. Uh, energy, we all know, we're back to a three-handle and a lot of gasoline. Uh, electricity uh, is, is going to be pretty much stable. I'm working on... Uh, Duke Energy tonight, but I don't think we're going to hear anything radical there. Uh, when you look at the new vehicles, there's no sense that new vehicles are, are, are going to do anything other than have a glut. But they're fortunate enough because steel and aluminum have come down so much that they may not be able to raise price. Used cars are first sale. There's tons. Now, how about apparel? You have Walmart and you have Target saying, listen, we have way too much apparel. Medical care commodities have not gone up. As a matter of fact, they've leveled off since uh, the leveling off of covid uh, transportation services, we know from PepsiCo, has already started coming down. And that leaves um, uh, shelter? wages. Sh- and, and shelter, yeah. Wait, well, shelter's still, yeah, rental's still sticky, yeah. up 14. But there's a lot of housing developing around the country because of mortgages. Uh, and wages are, are going to be the last to fall. And when you see layoffs uh, at Facebook and you, see, and you see no more hiring at Google, and those are the best of the best, you can imagine what's really going on underneath. So I look at this number and I say, I'm not going to throw this number away. But if you're going to take action on this number and sell stocks, I think you're going to say, well, why did I sell stocks on that? Interesting. All right. So backward looking numbers, so to speak. You right. feel like in real time right now, things are starting to actually moderate and or decline. Right. But I do think you need, just like if we were in a Hollywood movie, the villain can always, looks like the villain's dead. Then the villain gets up. You have to shoot the villain between the eyes. Okay. Get to Van Helsing. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jim, there continues really to be a great deal of concern, though, I think, amongst asset allocators, so to speak, that earnings are going to be poor, that we're going to start to see particularly technology companies admit that numbers are not going to be where they saw them uh, and that guidance is actually going to end up 
at a level that... Are you that alluding, to, alluding to the uh, interview with ServiceNow? Well, and Bill McDermott? you know, it's funny. I, I am alluding to that and to, uh, you know, uh, talking to a number of uh, people who run significant amount of assets who are quite negative still, surprisingly yes, so. really negative. And negative when it comes to the belief that earnings simply are not going to live up to the current expectations and guidance is actually going to fail us. I can't us. disagree with that. You can't. No. I but still- meanwhile... You had McDermott on, not last night, but the night before. We sat here yesterday. Do we have a tape of it? Yes, we do. And, you listen to and it? it brought down the entire software sector, sure and did. you didn't and, and alert actually, us. What uh, is it he said during your interview? Well, I, I, I have it, by the way. Did you because have it freaked, and I didn't alert us? I'm working my ass off. I know you are. But it freaked everybody but, out. It didn't seem to freak you out, but well, it no, freaked everybody else I out. Did, did anyone think that Europe was strong? It turns out that people did think. I mean, look, the dollar is on fire. I mean, we can go to Europe right now. We can get this suit, David, for half price. This is a Rioni Super 200. I'm, I'm thinking about it right now. You can get this. Over there. You can get this X suit for 20% off without even. It is beautiful. It's humble. It's like butter. Yeah. It butters up a lot. Um, here, listen. Let's listen to what McDermott said. Not last night on Jim's show, the night prior, but this had a significant had a impact, impact yesterday I'm talk about this. on the IGV, and we're still dealing with people uh, sort of listening and wondering exactly what he was getting at. Take a listen. No one's going to outrun the currency right now. And probably when you think about energy and the dislocation caused by the war in Europe and this reprioritization I'm talking about, you're going to see longer cycles in Europe. We saw that. But this doesn't fundamentally change the narrative that tech is the only way to cut through the crosswinds and ultimately get to the other side. Right. We're going to be fine. Meanwhile, the IGV yesterday was down sharply. We I think even that. versus the QQQ. Some, sometimes you Salesforce's stock, uh, excuse me, ServiceNow stock was down sharply. We saw that. Those three words uh, were words that I did not uh, really focus on the way I should have. And I apologize to viewers. I listened to it overall, and well, I felt even, that he told a good, uh, decent story. Even the, the macro desk today point out that McDermott, in clarifying, was talking about industry pressures, exactly the, not service now pressures. Right. And what was really important, yes. and the reason why I would tell you I missed it, was because we were in quiet period, meaning that I had agreed with Bill beforehand, and I don't like to make pay, uh, deals, but there's other thing I do, that we were not going to actually talk about service now in its quarter ahead of its closing. But he wanted to be able to say that there is rockiness out there. Yep. Uh, and it then, I mean, look, when the stock was down 10%, I turned to you and I said, what did, I know you did, did. anyone downgrade it? I know you turned did. out that I downgraded it. And I it. wasn't until lunchtime yesterday that somebody said to me, those ServiceNow comments are, were brutal. And they support the theory that I have that earnings are going to come in well short of expectations. And I said, uh, excuse me. Um, but you know what? We, here we are a day later with this inflation print, with people trying to understand so, exactly what he may have been getting at. And with the day that was a poor one overall for software stocks in particular yes, it yesterday. Was. So we have, Carl, it's very easy to say today is the day where you realize that earnings are going to be weak. And we have terrible inflation, which is the classic stagflation of when we look at uh, the back with the 41 years. Now, why could I possibly interpret things positive? Because I've seen a commodity collapse, the likes of which is really extraordinary. You know, hot rolled, uh, hot rolled steel, basic steel. Mm-hmm. It, it just it's in free fall. Aluminum's in free fall. Go look at your car. Take a look what's in your car. It's everything. And so you either think that GM is going to have a blowout quarter, or you realize, you know what, they're going to have so many cars out there that you're going to be able to just wait. 
Now, the leasing of a car is going to be up a little bit. And this darn rental, the rental of, of apartments is so bad. That's where people are hung. They have to stay with their parents. Or, I, but I think soon houses will go down. The rental is so tight that it's so expensive. Right. Affordability is so right. bad. Although I'm sure you saw housing down month on month in Seattle, in San Jose, in the hottest in markets, Austin. in the hottest markets, housing is down. New York is, that, is obvious, and when it comes around, New York is, is also a big rollover. One, is, is a don't incredibly look, don't hot look at market. Zillow. You're down like 25 percent. Your West, your West Side. In the 80s? I, I don't look You're at down it. 20. I, look at, I look at his all the time. Thank you. Uh, are you, are no you planning on buying but me out? Look, I, I, I'm busy looking at that. I'm not listening to Bill McDermott talk on my show. Can I just say once again, let's go back to Bill McDermott. It is without a doubt, the dollar is the single biggest problem. And that's not going to go away if the Fed hikes. It's just going to be accentuated. Right. So I think the dollar, we could get, it might be not parity, but 90. So, I mean, the, the by the way, if that's the case, we're all doing the show from Europe. Oh, yes. Yeah, from my place. And by the way, new clothes we'll every it, day. We'll do it yes. from my place. Live we'll from, from Amsterdam. Do it from my place. We'll do it from, the, in, from we'll Italy. Do it from my place. It'll be terrific. Oh, I can't wait. Can we do well, it when anyway? You, when you were at the place, what did you think of it? Yeah. It's gorgeous. Thank Still you. Waiting. Still yeah, waiting. Yeah, one of us has been well, there. Can, okay. I just, can I just say that when I see the, the numbers down today, I recognize that it's entirely possible that tomorrow could be a little better. Uh, but I still think it needs 100 basis points. But then after 100 basis points, why not wait? So you, do are, you are in the 100 camp yeah, for well, yeah, this Yeah, because month. you got to kill it. you got to kill it. you got to be like Volcker as far as the short term. But you, the, the, when I hear Austin Gloopers, we say we have to be like Volcker in the longer term. Are you kidding me? I mean, long-term rates were so high to begin with. We're not going to be. He's not going to take short-term rates to 18. He's not. Now, it does look, when I look at the three-year, I would extrapolate and say that the rates could go to four. Uh, no, that would be very high. But by the way, as what? Uh, on that note, I'm what? hearing, I mean, people are looking at the corporate bond market for things that are yielding. You can get six, seven, eight percent. Look at high yield now. You can take on some pretty decent credits, it would seem, and get a return that you feel like, you know what? Stocks, yeah. I don't need you. Well, yeah, let's say I don't you need t- you. Let's say you took a mortgage at three, okay? Three and a quarter. I mean, what a great carry. Right. I mean, but, it's terrific. But my point as well is, Jim, that there are real opportunities potentially in yes. either high yield. Yes, there now, you are. Hey, listen, there heading you into are. a recession, credit quality becomes uh, so very important. Us, there will, we're starting to see some bankruptcies. Do people at home or they're actually No, I mean, but no, Altice? actual pieces of paper. Altice? No, no okay. I wouldn't go there. All right. But other yeah. pieces of paper that you would say, that's money good, that are, that are, that are Industrial. sporting yields. Industrial. That are sporting yields we haven't seen the likes of in 20 years. Right. Well, there's an opportunity. This is, you know, David Faber. When you, where's your yield show? We'll do a bull yield session. Let's. We could do a an hour long show on just corporate. I debt. think the people you know, just tune in true. and love that show. We, we did get now, canceled do do on Delta bull session. Air? I think it was nine months. Do you, what did we get? The, do you do? Would you do an airline after Delta? And then the other one I had also got canceled. What? What? Do you, Delta Airlines. Yes. What about it? Well, no, I'm saying, is that the kind of corporate bond you're thinking of? Maybe. I mean, uh, you got Warner Brothers Discovery bonds, tra- some of them trading 80 cents on the well, dollar. I, I, you know, that means you're banking. Zaslav, those are Zaslav bonds. Yes. That's what they call them in the, and, in the uh, you bond know, pit. you do wonder, okay, uh, do you want to be heading into a recession with a decent amount of debt, but uh, also what is a good amount of free cash flow? There are. My point <laughs> is, there are some opportunities that at least some right, well, people are, right. are saying, you know what, instead of me taking the risk of a stock market right now that I don't understand with so many cross currents, 
If I can get 7% to sit here in this name, I'm more comfortable doing it. Yeah, I just want to go over again. Like, we sit here and we talk about the fact that Alcoa stock has just been halved. That Nucor went from 160 to 105. I mean, do we just like, ignore these declines and uh, say they don't matter, that deer doesn't matter? How do, we, how do we reconcile the absolute collapse of the commodity stocks and companies with this number? And the answer is, well, this number's the last bid. But no one wants to believe that because they think that's just a hopeless, hopelessly optimistic view. We've got a downgrade of Freeport out of city today because they see copper down another 15 percent by Q1. Exactly. Copper is Dr. Copper. It is. And plus, yeah, China's still in total lockdown. We, How about the fact that gasoline's come down? But we've just started earnings season. Oh, we I'm haven't getting, gotten to any of the important names. Everybody's right. hiding out in Apple. Good. What if Apple? What if Apple gives us a bad? I, I don't think Apple's going to have a good quarter. ServiceNow, I think, it's not going to have good Salesforce. Right. I think but Apple's down less in the market. Everybody's hiding out in that name. And if it's, I mean, there's a lot of I'm price cut at City today. I am not disagreeing about any of this. I am saying that you have to create a. You're not going to get a bottom. When things are fabulous. True. Oh, you know what? We're going to come in one day and say, you know what? Everything's good. I'm going to buy that Apple at 118. It doesn't work like that. It's never worked like that. I do have the head of an important corporate desk saying, love you doing a session on corporate credit and yields. Thank you. So good. We have 99.9% of our audience being turned off. And this guy saying, let's. let's." I did two two shows with the name session in them, and they both didn't last a year. So sorry. And we did like to focus on corporate debt. So so apparently management didn't like that. We're still getting price target cut after price target cut. So as long as that's happening, it's very hard to get a bottom. But can I just say, if people want the template of what happens, and it's a little more value-oriented than most of the semis, much more value-oriented. But I want you to go back to Micron, when we had Sanjay Moroto, okay? Now, where was Micron after they reported? Let's see if you a little quiz. You mean, where, where was the stock price? I don't no, know. No, where it was in Boise, oh, Idaho. No, think not I know. Where, what are you, like the great, what state's best? No, okay, North the Carolina. Thank you. Okay, so Wouldn't I'm gonna give that? him the whole narrative, just in case he's missed any of, this, of the boys or the superpower shows. Micron goes, they report a quarter. Yes. And the quarter, eh, not bad. The guidance, horrendo. Stock yes. drops at 53. I remember it. Then, then he came on it. the next morning. And Jen's saying, hey, listen, Two days we later. are going to cut back tr- production dramatically. And then the stock goes to 59. Okay, so it's down a dollar right now. But what I'm saying is, what happens if the template, David, is they do the number, they guide down, and then you have a micron. That's how you get a bottom. And then everybody's That's like, okay, we've gotten the, guidance, come on the bad the guidance we expected, and, and what? Well, they come and, on the squawk in the street. Yeah. And in the end, it's, uh, you know what it is? It's Gary Cooper. Do not forsake me on my darling. So that's predictive of what? A, a nine, six to nine months soft landing and we're off to the races again? Is yes. that what the market would be yes. saying? And remember what day I said was the pivot day? Today. July 15th. Today. I said that, I said that months ago. Yes, Today's did. the pivot day. And I'm going to be right. We finally got there. Right. July 13th. Well, you pick a day right. in February and you're going to be right. I am. I'm going to be right. It wouldn't be amazing if you were. Yeah. Oh, do, you oh, really, no. do you really I, believe that you're going to be right? I'll bet you that I have a set over to your left. That's going to happen. Now to look at it. Watch can't, out. Can't look. Yeah, don't Still look can't at look, it. Carl. No, don't look at that set. It's not there. Uh, coming up after the break, uh, Twitter suing Elon Musk after he attempts to walk away from his takeover bid. We'll get to that. Jim is right about price target cuts. Got another one today on Amazon, another one on Apple. Uh, futures off of the post-CPI lows. More squawk on the street. In the street ahead.
Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create, like Olu Sheyi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. All right, let's, uh, let's talk Twitter. Jim tells me he's got more on this than I do, so yes. we'll let him say his part. But let's give you the news. You see, see the stock, even with the weakness overall in the market, looks to be a higher when we get started with trading 12 minutes from now. Um, we got the complaint, as we told you we would, late yesterday. Uh, if you haven't read it, you should. It's good reading. Uh, people work hard on these complaints. This is probably the most important corporate case in Delaware in a very long time. By the way, before we even get to that, let me tell you, we may learn as soon as today who's going to take the case. Most likely, it would appear that it's going to be Chancellor uh, Kathleen McCormick. She's the chancellor of the Delaware uh, Delaware, uh, uh, court. Um, My guess is it's going to be her. She's actually already um, been involved in a couple of cases related to uh, Twitter previously, an Orlando police pension fund versus Twitter case filed in May. Also, Solok versus Twitter, books and records case. These are minor, minor things. Chances are she's getting this case. Then we're going to have a hearing for whether it should be expedited, which is a key here as well. Remember, the merger agreement extends October 24th. So they want it expedited. They're probably going to get that. But you need to have a hearing set for why it should be expedited. So that's kind of the business near term. As for the complaint itself, well, let's just start off with the beginning of the complaint. Musk apparently believes that he, unlike every other party subject to Delaware contract law, is free to change his mind, trash the company, disrupt its operations, destroy shareholder value, and walk away. Stockholder value. Um, That is the beginning of what is a long complaint in which they fully defend themselves against many of his claims specific really to this idea of bots on the platform whether it's 5% or, in his case, many more, and whether he was really not given enough information to make a decision on this. Twitter comes back with a voluminous reply that includes all of the volume of information they were willing to give him far beyond what they were required to under the merger agreement, including access to the firehose of data, 48 terabytes of inf- 49 terabytes of information. That's paragraph 93. And on and on from there. Uh, they say, quote, in their termination notice, defendants list categories of information they claim Twitter has withheld. All of this information sweeps far beyond what is reasonably necessary to close the merger. 
Defendants also complain about rate and query limits initially accompanying the firehose data I just referenced, but those limits were part of the customary commercial terms defendants initially requested. All of which goes to the fact that Twitter says, we gave you plenty, you're conflating things, you're trying to confuse the issue. The fact is we gave you more than enough information for you to make a decision as to what you believe is the number of bots. But by the way, it's never going to amount to fraud at all under the merger agreement. No way, no how, even if it was a more than 5%, 6 7 8%. And they want specific performance, Jim, which means they want him to buy the company. They do believe that they have a very strong case to make in Delaware that the judge, most likely Kathleen McCormick, will order specific performance after this trial takes place. I agree with that. I agree with everything. I would say that the best hope, the best hope for Musk is that they get, they go for a lot of discovery, try to drag things out and look for some memo, some email, which contradicts this thesis that you just laid out. That's their only hope. Otherwise, specific performance. And what people have to understand, David, specific performance, we were wrong about how he won't pay. I mean, they're just going to take his, they're just going to take his Tesla stock. I don't know what they'll do. This no, they, raises no, they, they, this question, of if and if and if and if, and which is why no, I was they, in the media they have a lot. deal to take the Morgan money and if they'll they take win, the Tesla If stock. they get specific performance and if Musk says, no, I won't, I won't comply, then the question is what they do. What? They'll just um, take it. That's the relief. There now, was a case 10 years ago where a Delaware Chancery Court said somebody's subject to incarceration for violating their order. Right. That doesn't happen but, typically. Okay. I think this um, is a little like the Allier case, but, the Abbott Allier from yeah, 2017. It's most, it's most like IBP Tyson. It's most I like disagree. IBP Tyson. I think it's more like Abbott Allier. No, it's more like IBP Tyson. It's okay. IBP Tyson where Tyson was ordered specific performance. They could have been okay. fined oh, by the court, okay. found okay. damages. Instead, the judge said, no, you're going to buy right. my, my Abbott Allier was is that, El, uh, that Abbott knew that it didn't have a chance. So it ended up having to make an agreement with Allier about but it was price. a lower price. Yes, five bucks. In the case of five bucks lower. Tyson, they now, said David, you're the company. How about and this? We, one thing we haven't talked enough about. It started, it's in the document, in, in the brief. He started out hostile. So he isn't entitled to any information. But you start out hostile, you're not entitled. Yeah, but then and yet they gave him information. Then, but then, right, prior to his and completing boy, his bid. But then meetings. when you are party to a merger agreement, you have to cooperate as well. Right. But they haven't after, done after that. the deal's done, not before. He's no, after the deal is signed. Signed. But, but if you go hostile, you're not entitled to the information why you're hostile. Agreed. David, he met with them six times. How about the Bob, Bob Swan stuff? Yeah, Come that, on, you must have been into that. I, so Bob Swan, a distinguished person, you started, I know, he was CFO, then he became to be CEO, CEO of Intel. Of Intel. CFO. He was but he, Musk's representative uh, but, to deal it, with, the, with Twitter on the putting together the financing. He's negotiating with Ned yep. and with Ned Siegel, the CFO Ned of Twitter. And, 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 and he, he was, he was at the same time, he had been fired. While he was, Musk fired him. Back to the court case itself. Okay, I'm ready. Just to, the burden ready. of proof is on the party that's trying to escape. Okay, the burden is on Musk. Yes, the burden he, is not on. And he Twitter. can't meet it unless he has some and sort of they, walk tail. You know, they of course in the case me, they have no fear of discovery whatsoever at Twitter in terms of what. Okay. To your point, they're going to find. There's now he is going to argue there. about that. Key, um, there's a key agreement clause that he wasn't that he was saying that Musk was saying Twitter violated, but Twitter is allowed to fire, let go people if they think that their business isn't doing well, so they won't even win on that. No, he David, won't, no. There's, that seems to be the weakest not, of the three. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was David basically in the merger agreement. He has nothing. He so says, oh, you're firing people against our desire. But, but that's just you and I. Just and in the merger agreement, the Twitter had the ability to do uh, exactly that. So, I am saying, before but, they cut us off, I am saying 
that Twitter has an unbelievably good case. Musk has a bad case. Musk has to drag things out or agree, because I have to tell you, from my sources, Twitter is not taking less. Well, listen, here's the thing. It's going to be expedited, most likely. We probably will have a trial. We probably will have a trial in the middle of September. But there's always there is always an email. Book your bad. There is always an email. Book your hotel rooms now in Delaware. It's going to be a fun one. I'm going down. You're not coming with me. That Wilmington. Remember the show was owned by Dupont. All of us in in (laughs) Wilmington. That doesn't sound as good as 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 Amsterdam or Florence, Florence or Tuscany. It's no, it's no Tuscany. All right, we got to go. San Gemini. All right, we got to go. All right, all right. When we do come back, uh, we'll get the White House reaction to CPI. Don't go anywhere. Whether you're shopping for grads, getting an early gift for dad, or just looking for a little something new or used for your shelf, you'll find it at HPB. And you'll get almost everything for an extra 20% off during the big sale at Half Price Books this Memorial Day weekend. Saturday, May 25th through Monday, May 27th. Save big in-store at your local Half Price Books and at HPB.com. Offer cannot be combined with other coupons. Exclusions apply. To learn more, visit HPB.com. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. All right, let's get to a mad dash and then to the opening bell. Uh, Stitch Fix. Yeah, no, I usually don't talk about companies this small. And I was going to go into a deal that was announced today with Unity, but I thought you might do that I'm later. I'm going to do that in a little bit, so, yes. But uh, my friend Bill Gurley, who I was with recently at a CN- really fabulous CNBC CFO council meeting in San Francisco, he's talking about how some stocks have gotten too cheap. Well, how about this? He bought a million shares. Now, that is not... 50,000, that's a mill of a company that he's an insider in, Stitch Fix. Now, Stitch Fix is one of these companies, David, where you get a box that has clothes. I think you obviously are wearing it, judging by some of the things you wear. And uh, it's what, it, it, it's a kind of a millennial thing, you know, Gen X, Fire Fest thing, you know. Not Fire Fest, that, that's a joke. But I just think that what we've been looking for is waiting for SPACs and smaller stocks that have come down to start seeing insider buying and mergers, which is why I also thought that this would be a great segue to what you were going to talk about later with uh, Iron Source. Yes, and we will after after we get an opening this bell. This is just an a few. actual cash outlay by a guy I think we all respect who is really fabulous. And Bill Gurley. Really nice. Bill Gurley. Really great guy. Let's get to the opening bell this morning, the CNBC Real-Time Exchange. At the big board, it is Southern Company and the PGA Tour celebrating this year's recipient of the Payne Stored Award. At the NASDAQ, it's Pro Kidney Corp, focused on the treatment of chronic kidney disease, celebrating its listing via SPAC. We're going to start the morning with uh, oil, basically flat, but still below 96, Jim. Any chance you think this gap gets filled today, this opening gap? Is that too aggressive? Too aggressive. Too aggressive. Hey, I want to just say, by the way, on oil, uh, this this is all the fear of more China lockdown. And the numbers are frightening. And anybody who's involved, or, you know, I was just 
going over some of the things with some people I know who just got it again, or just got it. And I just think that the idea that you can somehow lock down, if one person gets this thing, that person gives it to five. You remember that class you had with the five times five, you know, the yes. It's very quickly you get to very large numbers when you double. Right. Tri- yes. So I think that once again, China has to change its policy. But if they do, oil spikes to 120. 120. Yeah, 120. Just well, like that. That's shy of Goldman's 140 target, but yeah. Yeah, yeah I sense. know. Goldman is, you know, a lot of others have wanted to back away from oil. Uh, just saying, hey, listen, it, that was all because we thought Russia was bottled up. But I think that that might be a case. I cannot believe these tech stocks. A lot of this is the interview, David, from ServiceNow. A guy came on, mad money. No, I mean, look at, like, NVIDIA, okay? Now, my, I, I'm very close to NVIDIA. I don't think how NVIDIA is doing, although there was a note today saying they were losing some share to AMD. I don't think it has anything to do with NVIDIA. I think this is just still multiple compression and a belief that I got to get out because stocks are going lower and I want to get out ahead of those other people. It's that. It what are you, you know, what, don't you think that, David, if NVIDIA said absolutely nothing and the note was kind of meaningless today, that this stock has now gone down so much that it should attract buyers? But then what happens is people are doing market cap analysis and saying it was a COVID stock because it had gaming. Okay, it's it's still at 365 billion. It was at 150 billion before COVID, so it's got them. They got to lop off another. No, I'm I'm saying that people think right, it hasn't created argument. any value. But uh, it could it could be what the the latter, which is that the um, or the former, the uh, the multiple compression because earnings are not going to be as good. Okay, so what do you pay Jim, for we have, we have We now have tech, and you referenced this at the top of the show, okay. we now have large technology companies that are laying people off. Yes, that is, I, you saw the that note. That is not a great environment. You saw the, you saw the Google note. Yes. They, are t- they are tapping the brakes. They're tapping Poor the brakes. Act, very much involved with um, that. I believe it was Rivian, obviously a far smaller right. company, I think 14,000 people nonetheless. But Met- Meta layoffs. laying off uh, Meta culling, as, as you told us. Um, Microsoft, Carlin, 1%. Microsoft. And then, of course, much larger numbers in the mortgage but, business. But I've been saying that the reason why Not we to mention want, crypto, by the way, where I, I people did. are. Please don't mention it. It's like well, the block fee guy was on. I know, but there are bankruptcies and there are jobs being lost no, all the no, time. No, I'm just mentioning there are people trying to get their money out. I don't want to cause it so that there's... There were people who thought somehow that there was like an FDIC for crypto banks. Yeah. They went to college to get stupid. Uh, I do think, David, that when I see the kinds of numbers and the number cuts that I'm seeing and the price targets coming down, you have to wait until the price targets stop coming down. But I will say that we do not, we could arguably have the peak in CPI. But the housing thing is troubling. We need to see the blood of housing, and then the price. Then we need to see your house, existing house, drop in price around the country, and that's what's happening. That's going to take a while to get yes, the will. to get the affordability to ease up, which would then ease up on rents. Right, which as is why trapped in you're rents. absolutely right. Which is why they have to keep raising to get the mortgage rates up. But I think we have to watch these bank stocks because they're about to report. And the question is, will we care right now that they say they don't have a lot of defaults, or are we going to look ahead and use... Right. Uh, but, I mean, also the commentary from the CEOs will be very important. Is it the Brian Moynihan view that the consumer is still relatively strong, balance sheet is good, or is it Hurricane Jamie? 
Hurricane And by Daniel. the way, the storm, you know, is... Uh, that was Stormfront. Yeah. He presented a Stormfront-like presentation. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, that... It's going to be important, isn't it? What About we hear from them. <laughs> David, no, it's going to be completely unimportant. It's going to be incredibly important. And particularly, I have to tell you, the one I'm most worried about is Citi. Because the book value keeps tangible, book keeps going up, stock keeps going down. And I'm saying, we got to throw away that thing as a way to analyze. Because I don't think the book value is corrupt. It's been scrubbed a gazillion times. It's just not a good indicator. No. Got to stop using that. See, we have to use credit losses versus NIP. It is amazing. 80, $87 billion market value with that global franchise. It's, I mean, it's... But you can't have a takeover because... But all these things. Goldman is now below $100 billion in market value again. Goldman's approaching the tangible book. It doesn't it mean is. anything at all. It means nothing. They, you know, they brought on a guy, a Google guy, basically to be able to start talking about you know, more of the... Inventive ideas. Right. They need to get away from just doing brokerage. Right. But this net interest margin, why do we not ever think that that's going to outrun credit losses? The Fed raises rates. Say they raise 75. That's instant money because they don't take up how much they pay you as a depositor. And then the next thing you know, they're making fortunes. Yep. And uh, and their loan losses don't go, don't, don't go up because we still have so much money left over from the pandemic. Jim, I want to get to what you were mentioning before the bell, which was Unity announcing this merger yes, agreement can we, with Ironsource. Yes, because this is an incredible Got to do it story. quickly because we do want to get oh, to Brian Deese as well. Story. But it is. And the story is this, and it goes back to the story of SPACs, which we've been telling now for quite some time. Remember, Toma Bravo, very successful private equity firm, had a SPAC out there. They announced the deal to acquire Ironsource back in March of 2021, a leading business platform that enables mobile content creators to prosper with the app economy. That was the a lead of, uh, of that back in, at that time with the Special Purpose Acquisition Corp of Toma Bravo. Here we are, what, uh, 15 months, 16 months later? Right. And how did you do if you and, were an iron source and in they, 10? Not well. Uh, and they do a deal. And uh, the deal is to sell the Unity software, and they're going to pay 0.1089 shares of Unity, which, as you can see, it's getting crushed in part on this. Who brought that pipe? And Remember so, who was the investor in that pipe? Uh, the pipe I'm looking, you want me to look here? I don't know. Who would be happy with it down 50%? Only, only the sponsor. Which would be? Well, the sponsor the, in this case lead. was Toma Bravo. No, I'm saying the lead in the pipe. Was Tiger Global? Yeah, Tiger Global. Now, 50% is good for them, isn't Nuveen. it? Well, I don't know where they came in on the no, pipe. No, but I'm saying not necessarily. some of their other investments. Not necessarily. I don't know what the terms were. Anyway, it's an amazing thing because it means a cram down. So if you're all excited that something can come down from a SPAC and you may be bailed out, well, that's a terminal number. that he, They made a decision to sell. That said, it is all stock. And so now you've got a combination Ooh. of a company, 75% of which is owned by current shareholders of Unity, but Iron Source shareholders Kathy are owned about Wood. 25%. Kathy, what could And you do have the opportunity, perhaps, to participate in potential upside in the future. Well, by but the time does, I got back to Woodstock, it, does put on it a was down 40% of, strong. Yes. And it kind of puts a an end-of-statement yep. thing on the SPAC yeah, thing. That's, well yeah. that's all we could do. That's well done. And by the we're way, they, they cut the full-year guide that's while they're at it as well. Uh, getting back to inflation, uh, as we said, hitting the highest rate in nearly 41 years. Prices up broadly across the economy. Much of the increase, though, driven by that jump in gasoline prices. Joining us first from the White House this morning is National Economic Council Director uh, Brian Dees. Brian, great to have you. Um, I guess the first question is how many months or how long are we going to keep saying this is the worst of it? 
Well, well, look, uh, you know, a couple points on today's report, as you just said. The first is, you know, it's backward looking and it doesn't reflect what we've seen over the last 30 days, which is a significant decline in gas prices down about 40 cents. Uh, that June report, about half of it was driven by energy prices and we've seen uh, moderation since. But the second point is that in the core, inflation uh, remains too high, which is why we need action. And I just want to underscore if there's one thing to take away from this report, it's that there is more urgency now than ever in Congress moving to pass a bill to try to build more domestic semiconductors, to try to bring down the price of those uh, goods. You see across this report, things like used cars and new vehicles, those prices holding up, that is not principally driven by demand. It's driven by supply and constrained supply. We know how to solve that. We should have solved that months ago, but we now have a moment. We need to do that. If there's any takeaway from this report, it should be that. Although that brings us right back to the circular argument, Brian, that more spending is not what you typically do in the face of high inflation. How do, how do we break out of that circle? No, look, I think you have to look at the unique situation that we're in as an economy and think about how do we build more supply? How do we increase the productive capacity of our economy so that we actually can supply more goods, bring prices down? We know the answer on semiconductors exactly. We need more supply of those goods. You were just talking about housing, same issue. Obviously, mortgage rates are going to increase as, as the Fed continues to tighten. But as we do that, we need to keep home builders building supply. Because we know that at core, the housing issue is a lack of affordable supply. It's been a decade or more in the making, but as we move through this transition, providing incentives, for example, for builders to continue to build affordable homes as we do so, that's, that's, that's out of the traditional box of fiscal, uh, you know, Keynesian fiscal stimulus. It's more about how do we actually invest to build more capability here in the country that will help bring down prices in areas like semiconductors and housing. Brian, I am very concerned about the semiconductor bill. Pat Gelsinger, who has really been the lead, who's the CEO of Intel, I know he's getting very nervous about Ohio. Uh, I don't blame him. Is there any way that the president can say, you know what, we're stripping everything, no more Christmas tree, let's just get this done, the Republicans agree, and you get a very big victory. Well, let me be really clear about this, and we're in constant communication with, uh, with Pat uh, and, uh, and other CEOs in, in the industry as well. Uh, that we, what we want is to see Congress resolve difficulties. Anything that they can't resolve, let's set that aside and let's get something done. Let's get something done right now. The most unhelpful thing is people putting ultimatums. It was unhelpful for Senator McConnell uh, to say that we're going to hold this hostage to unrelated vehicles. We need to move beyond all of that. We need to agree where we can agree, and we need to get something done. I think that's possible. It's possible right now. This report provides further reinforcement of that. That's certainly the message that the president is communicating in, uh, in his conversations on this topic and that we're communicating as well. Well, see, Brian, I always like to agree with you. When it does happen, it's really, I don't want to say seminal, but terrific. Uh, now, I, I It doesn't always happen, but it's, uh, but it's fun to do. Uh, all fair in love and war. Okay, apparel. There is the biggest glut of apparel that this country's ever seen. Uh, you have both Walmart and Target saying that there's too much apparel in the system. I deal with the top five retailers. They all have too much apparel. How the heck can apparel be up in this? And the answer is that this is not right, that these numbers were taken before the glut developed. I don't think you, I think the same thing with food. I mean, we've had a dramatic decline in corn, in wheat, in soy. 
How come no one's paying attention to the fact that in the last six weeks, there's been a major change in this country with every almost every one of the major things that have hurt us other than gasoline? And even gas has come down a bit. Why, why, why are we focused on these numbers and not what's about to happen? Well, look, I mean, I think the numbers come out and we're in a, we're in a fast moving period. And so it's it's understandable for people to focus on it. But absolutely. Wheat down 30 percent since the relative time frame. Gas down uh, about 8 percent. Oil down almost 20 percent during that period. And I think that you are seeing these cyclical shifts. Uh, we're in communications with similar on the retailer side. And there wasn't an inventory uh, overbill. And that is moving its way through the system. So I think that's that's why I think you have to look at these numbers and understand the where they are outdated, but also understand that inflation in the core is too high, which is why we're focused on what we can do here this month. You know, this is an opportunity for us to get legislation done this month, not to put it off. There's no reason why we need to put it off for months. And this, you know, this this report underscores that. Ryan, you said you're in constant communication with uh, CEOs of semiconductor companies. My colleague, Mr. Kramer, would say one industry you're not in constant communication with is the energy industry. Uh, the Darren Woods of Exxon, the Mike Worth of Chevron. Do you talk to them at all? Uh, and if so, what do you hear in terms of energy production worldwide, not just in this country, but given it's a worldwide commodity around the, around the globe, given so many pressures and cross currents currently occurring in those markets? I do. Uh, we do as a team. We stay in uh, consistent uh, communication. And what we hear is uh, the challenge is a global one. Uh, it is about uh, supply in the, in the main, uh, that on the oil side, the efforts that we are taking with our European counterparts uh, and others to try to really focus the economic pain on Putin uh, without, uh, without reducing global oil supply is important. But a lot of this is about refining capacity. We've talked about this before. This is what I hear. Yes. Uh, that globally, we don't have enough refining capacity. Uh, that's an issue in China where they have uh, reduced their export quotas of refined product. That's an issue that is of uh, active conversation. Uh, but also here in the United States, what more we can do at the margin to keep the refineries that are operating running at the high capacity utilization that they are now, but also bring some of that million barrels a day that they took offline during the pandemic back online. Not all of it can come back online, but some of it can. That's really the, those are the two areas that we focus on. When we're having those conversations. Yeah, I realize your focus, of course, is domestic to a large extent. But how concerned are you about Europe's energy needs and what could be a very scary winter over there if they don't have adequate supplies? And obviously, given the impact to that economy, it would reverberate over here as well. Look, it's a very uh, it's a very serious problem, and it's one we've been on for months. The president identified this when he first uh, went over to Europe uh, in the face of Putin's aggression and said the United States is going to do its part, for example, to to uh, increase our share of LNG exports that are going to Europe. LNG exports from the U.S. up 20 percent, and we've more than doubled the share of our exports that are going to Europe. That's important to try to help blunt the uh, reductions that the Europeans have seen uh, from Russian gas and also build those stockpiles going into the fall and winter months. Certainly a concern, something that we are engaged uh, with the Europeans on. And it, it fits into what we're, uh, how we're approaching oil, too, which is the goal of all of our policy, working with our partners and allies, is to do everything we can to maintain global supply while also turning the screws to impose economic pain on Putin. 
That's not easy. It's not straightforward. But that's a through line in all of our policies, whether it's the price cap on oil or it's what we're doing to partner on natural gas. Well, the, pre the president's in Saudi Arabia to try to focus on that as well. Any expectations in terms of what's going to come out of those meetings? You know, broad ranging will touch a broad range of foreign policy and economic policy issues. I hope that we come out of it with greater cooperation on energy issues across the board. Um, there is a lot of opportunity uh, for, uh, for us uh, to do so, but it's, it's going to be a broad-ranging trip, uh, and I expect the agenda to be broad-ranging as well. Hey, Brian, I know you, you point to gas prices declining. Uh, 29 uh, straight days now, the average has come down in this country. That's the longest stretch of the pandemic. I see some numbers today, 10,000 gas stations uh, below four. I wondered, how much credit do you give the SPR for that? And at what point do you think that, that inventory, which is now back to the 80s, uh, when does that say, when does that, uh, is, is enough on that front? Well, I think that, you know, if you look at leading market analysts that have looked at the impact of the SPR release, I think that there is broad agreement that it had a significant impact at blunting a further run up in oil prices. That was the goal and the objective of the policy and why we have committed to sustain that million barrels a day across this uh, this period. And at the same time, we've seen production, private production come up during that period, not as fast as we would like to see, but it is coming up. Uh, we are committed to maintaining that policy uh, through October, uh, and we're looking at the market dynamics right now to assess uh, what is the, the right path forward beyond that. Uh, but I will underscore this. We are selling oil out of the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Those resources are then going to be used to purchase oil to refill the Petroleum Reserve. And one of the things that we're doing now is repurchasing down the forward curve at a lower price, which both helps provide some certainty to the industry, but also means that we can refill more barrels into the reserve because we're buying at a lower price. So we need to maintain this asset and manage this asset. It's an important national security asset for the United States. But we can do so while also doing this historic release in the current moment when we need it. Right. Uh, one more reason to look at, at the long part of the curve. Uh, Brian, a lot to get to today. We really appreciate it uh, on the heels of that number. Thanks so much, Brian Deese. Thanks, guys. Before we go to break, let's take a look at bonds. Uh, you saw what they did in the uh, early minutes following CPI, uh, pretty deep inversion. You got the two-year three, almost 318, and the 10-year just shy of 303. Overall, though, uh, opening with about a 1% decline on the S&P. Don't go away. Take a look at some S&P laggards. There's Delta, which we haven't yet touched on. It was a miss, uh, and they did talk about Q3 revenue up one to five. Uh, versus 2019. We'll talk more about the airlines in a bit as they also made some comments on fares. Overall, um, don't forget, mad money from the NYSE beginning Monday. It's going to be big at 6 p.m. Eastern time. We're back in a moment. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. First, happy birthday to my daughter. Um, all right, let's get you watch the show. Taiwan Semi uh, reports tonight. And I think that we're all kind of just saying, you know, everything's bad and chips and it's all bad. This may actually spur what we just talked about with these. If Taiwan Semi does well, we ought to put some boundaries in this country. But I like the Taiwan Semi number ahead. So look out. PPI could be weaker. Taiwan Semi could be good. And a lot of stuff that's being sold right now will be bought. How's that? It's going to get interesting. Uh, there's some, some of the reaction to CPI asks whether or not uh, Waller, for example, is going to either, whether they're going to float or back 100. And if they don't, 
What does that I say? I wish they would do 100 and then take a take a vacation till football season begins, right. or maybe mid when the Eagles have a bye. All right, a little further in the season. How about tonight? Okay, tonight uh, I want I would want to show off our new site, but apparently they won't let me. Tonight we got Duke, which is important because the utilities the utilities are are, are one of the problems, according to the CPI. And then we have Portillo, which is a company that everybody keeps asking me about in the lightning round. They want to know about this. This is a sandwich company. Apparently, whatever, Nate's going you know, regional and national, not unlike that one that I was going with for a while, Dutch Bros. But then the Dutch Bros got, uh, what happened to the Dutch Bros? They got Bros? like Manny Moe and Jacked. Slim down. Pep Boys? Yeah. yeah Pep Boys. It's been a while. What a show. They separated the Pep yeah, Boys? What a show. And I, was, I played second fiddle to. To David on both ServiceNow and on Twitter. Is there something different about that? <laughs> I have a new set. What does he have? <laughs> there you go. I'll tell you what I got. There's more people. What we used to call in the old neighborhood Bupkis. <laughs> Bupkis. <laughs> yeah. I have Treasury secretaries, former Treasury, saying that I look good in my suit. Nice. What do you got? I, I got nothing. <laughs> okay. I got nothing. You got Bupkis. You got rock hard abs you though. Have Bupkis. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we'll take a break. S&P down 34. Twitter in the lead up 6%. Don't go away. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Roger that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. 